Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. Wow, it is hard to believe we're back at this already. <laughs> what felt like needed to be a longer break was not a break at all. And here we are, Richard. We're back. We're back here for Film Franchise Fortnites. Yeah. Mere two weeks after dropping the Barbie episode. One that was fortnight. two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago we dropped that. And it's still very much part of my life. She's mm-hmm. all I think about. Um, this, I this is a substantially. Her shorter as i'm sure you've seen by the runtime of this episode <laughs> this will be a substantial substantially shorter episode and we're, we're talking about substantially less films which is yeah. why imagine if we committed now as our new format going forward was to no matter how many how many films but we talk about them for 18 hours no matter what the films are mm. well i think 20 to 30 minutes per film is a good rule of thumb yeah well of course which is which is what we based (laughs) which is what we based barbie on yeah uh today today we are here to talk about the get series which is Is two films (laughs) also known as the oldest snow franchise is it known as that well that's what it was suggested as to us i don't think this franchise has a name i think it's just it's just forgetting sarah marshall and get him to the greek which and this is, is, of course, film franchise Fortnite's on the Cop Opture podcast. Yeah, and I'm of I've, I'm of course Richard, and I am surprisingly, maybe not expectedly, AJ. Um, if you've joined us from the Barbie episode, thank you for sticking around. Yes, our episodes aren't always going to be. Th- I just fucking thumped my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very professionally run situation. Um. Yeah, our episodes aren't always going to be that long, and we aren't always going to talk about the same types of films. Sometimes we get to talk about films that we like, Richard, not films that we get uh, Stockholm Syndrome for because there's so many in the series and start telling ourselves we like them only for two weeks later to then catch a brief glimpse of the 17th film in the series and be like, (laughs) did I think that was good? Yeah, that genuinely (laughs) happened to me. When there was an argument on our Discord about you know, some of the films, and yeah, I went back and revisited one of the ones that I enjoyed, and I was like, "This animation is garbage. The song is terrible." And uh, yeah, it was it was it was genuinely <laughs> you, like I, I think I think on the Discord it was like, "Oh, ha ha!" But it, this was actually like my world coming crumbling down. Yeah, there, you were you were on that episode. You were throwing around. Um, comparisons to Pixar, to DreamWorks, to some very like 
top of the the industry animation um you know not necessarily directly compare comparison comparison not necessarily yeah, a lot of directly my comparisons comparisons, were, but this is real bad compared to these good films <laughs> which i stand by yeah i mean in general that's how i would describe barbie um, by and large i think um but hey it's forever changed our lives and despite the fact that this is the second episode of the podcast to come out since the barbie episode we're still like full in like marketing mode for the barbie episode yeah i so. got I, i've had a few people say to me i tried listening to your barbie podcast and i got half an hour in and you hadn't started talking about barbie yet <laughs> Who are these people? And Your now grandparents? Those same people are going to say, I started listening to your Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Into the Greek, the Get Series podcast, mm. and you got five minutes in before you actually started talking about the films. Mm. That's true. So, of course, the first film, I'm going to get in there just before five minutes. The first film <laughs> we're talking about is Forgetting Sarah Marshall, came out in 2008, directed by Nicholas Stoller. And what is this about, AJ? Forgetting Sarah Marshall is about a man named Peter Breda, played by Jason Siegel, who is dating a woman named Sarah Marshall, played by Kristen Bell. And Sarah Marshall is is the one of the leads on a CSI type TV show, procedural cop drama called Crime Scene, Scene of the Crime. Um, and so she's sort of a rising talent. She's no, I don't I never get the impression she's like world famous, but like pretty famous, you know. Mm. No, I get the impression she's pretty famous. Like, but no, she's she's not like Jennifer Lawrence famous. She's like she's like Jennifer Love Hewitt famous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so, and Peter is is the guy who does the composing for the the show. Mm-hmm. Um, one day she comes to him and she breaks up with him and tells him that she's seeing someone else and he's heartbroken and in an attempt to move on and get over her he goes on a on a trip he goes on a holiday by himself to hawaii only to discover to his shock horror that sarah marshall is also there with her new boyfriend who is genuinely world famous uh Aldous snow played by uh, uh russell what's brand. his name russell brand who's a a world famous um pop star i sort of get uh, the vibe like i he always reminded me a little bit of like robbie williams if more people knew who robbie williams was that's such a weird comparison why i got like, oh, he's british i'll give you that ch- cheeky british people with with kind of um uh promiscuous uh visages proclivities and, yeah proclivities great word and um <laughs> what's it called Pro- provocative music there's very provocative music yeah that's where i get the robbie williams stuff from right okay yeah what's a better example i guess like the the gallagher's i they're mentioned yeah, okay. in the film but yeah. I, I, he's he's i would say he's more supposed to be a rock star than a pop star sure um anyway so the film mostly takes place in hawaii with peter meeting um countless uh very well developed <laughs> side characters um while he also uh deals with getting over sarah marshall while she's um being taken to to sexual ecstasy every night by um, a rock star um and during this time he also begins a relationship with rachel who is a clerk that works at the hotel played by mila kunis and it's sort of about 
them developing their romance while Peter also sort of discovers who he is, what's important and what what and learns what he really to forget to Sarah Marshall. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Um in cinemas. Yeah. So, I don't know, where how do we talk about this movie? There's there's something neither of us have mentioned yet. I don't know if we want to mention it right now or if we want to mention it. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's worth pointing out. Jason Siegel does hang dong in this film. <laughs> you do see that's, his that's penis. That's not what I meant, but it's very funny in the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say that you and I both uh, really really love this movie. This is this is a very special Th- this movie. This is genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I'd say so as well too. Yeah. Um yeah, this is a this is a it's a movie I've seen uh, many times, and mm. I remember the first time I saw it. I remember um, sort of figuring out that I really liked it. Um, do we want to do this now, or do, you, or do we want to do the Go housekeeping first? So I saw this movie for the first time. It would have been in 2008 when it came out. Um, and it was I, th- I think my parents were away. And me and my brother threw a party and me and my brother didn't do that together very often. Like we, we only lived together as teenagers for a sort of a short period of time Mm -hmm. anyway, but, and we'd never done like a, the parents out of town, let's all get drunk with each other. It was um, one of the first times I remember drinking alcohol. It was, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing my, my friend who was the same age as me um, after he'd given my my brother money for alcohol and then sitting at the picnic table and seeing my friend when my brother arrived with alcohol reach across the table to grab one of the drinks, which was rightfully his, and me <laughs> slapping his arm and going like, no, you're not. Ha-. But he was allowed it. I just assumed we weren't allowed any of the alcohol. Um, anyway, as 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 the night sort of petered down, someone had forgetting Sarah Marshall on petered. DVD. Petered, yes, and it was put on it started the to television peter up while people maybe half watched it. And I think, I think I saw half the movie first, and then it got turned off for whatever reason. And then a couple of days later, I must've watched half the movie again. And both me and my brother really loved it. Um, And I remember I bought an X rental copy from the local VHS rental store, Mm. uh, the, the local United video. Um, I watched it countless times over the years. I, I I really, really enjoyed this movie. And that was significant to me because this is sort of in the Judd Apatow gang. kind. It's Apatow adjacent. Yeah, and I in in high school I really didn't like Judd Apatow. I I didn't like Knocked Up. I didn't like Superbad. I like Superbad fine now, but um, when I was a teenager I didn't. And I remember being so shocked that I'd like been completely and utterly won over by this mm. gross sex comedy, which by the way is explicit. This is one of you this is a hard penis. movie to this is a hard movie to show people. This is a very very like like the sexuality is so front and center of the film. Um, and it's maybe I feel like it's the best comedy I've ever seen where sex is featured as heavily as it is because something like American Pie where the sex is featured pretty heavily it's also like it's kind of making up for the shortcomings of the plot whereas I (laughs) I have such an emotional connection you put you put on American Pie for the sex thank you that's a great way to put it yeah um I, I yeah, I just feel so emotionally connected to this film. I've I've always been so enamored by its story and its message. Um and watching it again this time, uh one of the things we watched I was it amazed together by, is also worth pointing out. Yeah, yeah. We, we were on, we we were on a lads little... weekend. We took Wellington. 
and we watched this <laughs> on, on, um, on not Saturday night because we were at a wedding on Saturday night, but on mm. it must be Friday night. I don't know if we took Wellington, dude, but we definitely took Martinborough, which if you're a, a New Zealand uh, local, that's a very funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not, uh, you probably won't get why that's so funny. Um, uh, the Yeah, so we watched it together, and like one thing that, that struck me this time was, um, and it's, it, it struck me as, as like a writer, is like how many fucking characters are in this movie? Mm. There's so many characters in this movie and they're all developed a lot of them have their own story arcs that play out in the background um and they're all they're all extremely three-dimensional yeah well the 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 the, the love quadrangle at the center of it of mila kunis russell brand jason siegel and Kristen bell you know with their respective character names Mm. That they they're all really well fleshed out characters, and yeah, while you know one of them has been cheating on another one for a year, and so this character hates that character for this reason, and then these two are jealous of each other. That you, they, it actually is quite hard to pick sides. And, There's and no straw men in the film. Yeah. The closest straw man is Sarah Marshall, and even she is like. I don't know. I don't completely hate her. I I feel sorry. Yeah, you for could her. you could watch this film and 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 leave it siding with Sarah. I think. Yeah. There's yeah. a certain type of person that would watch this because there's the scene where she essentially tells him everything that was wrong in their mm. relationship, and, and and yeah, and I think that if you were you know really sided with her in that scene it would probably make the rest of the movie quite a hard watch for you. Well, it's it's humanizing. It's so humanizing. And um, we will be talking spoilers. And if you haven't seen this, like I really do recommend watching it. Watch it with the right crowd. Don't watch it with um someone who will think you're being horny by showing them a movie where you see Dong within the first few seconds. And um, a real, not necessarily explicit, but real intimate blowjob scene towards the end. Like mm. I always thought that the way it was filmed looked so like off-puttingly organic and real <laughs> um which i'll talk about that now actually is that the the sort of after peter has kind of his character breakthrough um uh sarah marshall and aldous snow break up and so sarah essentially tells peter to, to come to her room where he tries to comfort her and, and she sort of tries to win him back and and um performs or 10 to 15 seconds of oral sex on him as they mm. say in the film um which he uh then rejects and says there's nothing she's like what's wrong with because he can't get a boner and she's like what's wrong with you and he's like there's nothing wrong with me maybe i just don't want to see your fucking face again and then he immediately <laughs> goes and tells rachel um rachel gets real mad at him tells him he should leave he shouldn't be with anyone right now um and he goes away and and presumably a year or so later rachel goes and sees his puppet show that he's been talking about the whole movie and what what i like about this ending richard is like we've talked a couple of times i think um before about how both of us kind of we really don't like it when a protagonist in a movie cheats on their love Mm. interest or or whatever it's for me it can be a very hard thing to get over and i think too many movies assume audiences are going to be okay with the character they're supposed to be investing in cheating on their their wife or whatever um but i will what i what i think changes that for me here is the fact that a as we said the characters are so fleshed out they're so fleshed out they like they're so real peter especially is such a a real person with like wants and desires and interests that are very specific to him as a character and you understand where he's coming from you understand his sadness and so when 
he he submits to Sarah wanting to get back with him there's a you're kind of like yeah i get it and then also he immediately tells rachel yeah yeah it's it's presented as a moment of weakness rather than a mm, moment of horniness yeah yeah and and i think part of the reason i don't like infidelity in so many comedies is because of the whole like not telling the person Mm. aspect as well but he immediately goes and owns up to it and then the movie has what i think is a very powerful message because this is a breakup movie right like a Mm. essentially anti-rom-com well it's a sub-genre of rom-com a breakup movie and what so many of these movies neglect to put as their message is sometimes you need to be alone for a while. Hmm. And one thing I really like about this is that he, he screws up the relationship with Rachel by cheating on her with Sarah. And then time passes and he, uh, he pursues his dreams and what he wants and you to see him clean up his life. Cause we see yeah. flashes of his apartment quite a lot yeah, throughout yeah. the film. And, and, and that's kind of a symbolic thing of him cleaning that up. Yeah, and it sort of ends with the the idea like now that you took some time and actually worked on yourself, now you you are awarded the the rom com ending, woman. and well the not the, the the love the love, <laughs> yeah. um and I I well, like it's, that it's, it's, it's the whole thing of you know you 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 accept the love you think you deserve and sure yeah and you you know you know you, it's it's not about it's about being your best self. Yeah, 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 and so. But I, anyway, I just want to say I like that time passes. It's such an yeah. underused element of this kind of story. Whereas I actually would argue it's maybe the most important element is time passing. You know, growing up and changing and getting over it. Essentially, yeah. I do want to ask: Have you ever seen? There's a deleted scene from this film where they say goodbye at the airport. Who does? Uh, Peter and Sarah. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so so yeah, that's essentially what happens is that that Peter runs into Sarah at the airport, and they kind of they have a little bit of a discussion, and they decide to say goodbye on good terms, and then as Sarah walks away off off you know to to catch her flight, there's a flashback to their first kiss, and it, it's interesting because it's like you know that 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 feels like a a closure scene in in the film, but instead the last scene that that pair that uh, Peter and Sarah share together is him calling her a bitch essentially mm. after a, a failed blowjob mm. and and it's and it's interesting and, and apparently in the dvd commentary jason siegel says that it's kind of it's like a wish fulfillment scene that that makes him look too perfect right and and so he would he would he he said that the the inelegance of the blowjob scene it actually kind of makes them both look bad and yeah, he sure. wanted to keep that in that it's like he's still got work to do and yeah. it's a, and it's a more kind of honest depiction of you know how those things when people leave your life um uh they don't you know you, you don't you often don't get closure like you think about people that you haven't that you've never seen or you probably never will see again and i'm sure you don't have some beautiful speech you gave them the last time you saw them yeah no i totally agree i think that that that's what this movie gets is how to not make caricatures out of people and situations yeah and um, it's not it's like and and, tro- and avoiding tropes and pitfalls yeah. like that yeah uh yeah so uh well i'll just quickly tell the the, the first time i saw this film is uh it was one of those films because because yeah we were like fifteen when it came out and I think it might have been R sixteen. Uh, I mean the dude hangs dong on it. So mm. 
and it was one of those things where one of the guys with the cool mom had seen it and i think there was he, he we, we had it like on an ipod and so <laughs> I, it, this was this was one of I mean, my this iPod is such films. an ipod movie yeah this is this was an ipod movie and i think yeah he, he gave it to me to put on my ipod or something like that or he had the dvd and i was able to burn it and put it on my ipod but yeah i remember watching it a lot of times on that and then how I came to own a DVD I now cannot find. <laughs> and I also swear I own Get Into the Greek, but I cannot find it. I, had to, I went under the house where I've got like another big box of DVDs. It wasn't in there. But anyway, I, I, it was one August afternoon. I was playing PlayStation or something like that. And mum comes in the room and she goes, do you like Forgetting Sarah Marshall? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you have it on DVD? And I was like, no. And she just handed it to me. <laughs> on dvd and she's like i bought this for you last christmas and and she like had just had put it in wherever she hides <laughs> presents and it must have been at the bottom of the pile and it got missed um and so she's like okay well there you go yeah nice nice i um on the barbie episode richard i talked about a um i won't i won't go into this as to not dredge up the past but i briefly talked about a time that i got real heartbroken and um when that happened to me part two you know it's at the start of part three actually oh no is it yeah 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 it's the start of part three um when that happened to me i had a um (laughs) i had this thing where where the only thing i could think of the only thing going through my head um was peter's delivery of his dracula musical where the line is the opening line is it's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better and just even in the silly voice that's what was playing in my head and i had to rewatch this movie at the time and i'd love to talk about the dracula musical because it's it's especially in comparison to the muppets which we talked about a couple months back because that was also written by jason siegel who didn't and nicholas stoller yeah oh okay right yeah who didn't get the music for it didn't do the music for it he got brett mckenzie to do the music for it and i yeah. believe you said what was the analogy yeah essentially i watched an interview with jason siegel and he said I, I can write good songs or i can write funny songs but i can't do both and i need someone who can do both and so that like his example like you know because he wrote he actually wrote a dracula musical yeah and that was the thing i think it was judd apatow found out that he was doing that and was like that's so fucking funny you have to put that in the film and it's like yeah. in the film he says because because after the, you know he's debuted the play uh, people go he, he she's like oh it's so funny he said yeah i kind of i didn't realize it, it was a musical and someone said it was funny that seems like that's kind of what happened to him in real life right there. yeah he was writing this thing and they're like that's so fucking stupid and funny and he's like yeah 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 it is eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so not only do i i love that song and love that scene i think it's true i don't think it's a funny song i think it's a good song i think he's right what he said about brett mckenzie that he he can't do what, both I, I, well, I, 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 yeah, I also can see why Jason Segel would write this and be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is, this is my art. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, what I, what I also like about that is it's one of those things that really rounds out, um, Peter as a character. Cause it's mm. like, you don't like, 
I've got a theory. I might. I don't think I've talked about this on pod. I think I just direct messaged you about this one time. I've got a theory that if you're ever watching a movie that it's, it, you'll see it a lot in um, low budget debut features. You'll see it a lot mm. in um, sort of like very outspoken directors. You know, directors who are like public figures on social media. Like you Tarantino know, or Edgar Wright, or you know, one or right. Kevin Smith actually. I think is maybe the right. best example. Um, mm. Whenever you see a main character in one of these movies and they have a very specific hobby, I believe, Richard, it is always because they couldn't make their film about filmmaking. Right? Right. So yeah, yeah. so it's because they were writing about themselves and their character needed a passion for what and I've experienced obsession. this. Yeah, I've experienced this yeah. writing films myself. And so they go, all right, what's the next one over? I recently watched Baby Done, which is a Kiwi film starring Rose Matafeo um, from Little Empire. Hi, Rose, if you're listening to this. Uh, we couldn't <laughs> get you on the Barbie episode, so I presume you're probably not. Um, <laughs> and in that movie, in that movie, she's an arborist, and, and they're going to like an arborist um, event overseas <laughs> and it's like watching it i was like this is filmmaking they're filmmakers and they, they were gonna make a film together and one of them got pregnant you know what i mean like it's it's like yeah it and so what i like about him having the the dracula musical is is, is like it kind of masks that very clear metaphor to me because it, it become instead of a, it's, he's not just he's not just a composer you know He's a composer who's making a Dracula puppet musical. And so it's so specific and so crosses the threshold of what mm. should be um, <laughs> what your main character maybe should have before they're too specific to be unrelatable. And it's in there. And I think I think that's something that I really appreciate about it is, is that it's 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 such a well thought out and well rounded specific thing to be joking about. Yeah. Uh, well, not necessarily joking about, but fill out a character well, with. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, like a lot of the good stuff in this film comes from Jason Siegel's life mm. because there's also, he talks about the the nude breakup scene is something that actually happened in his life. And the movie is actually based around uh, four real life breakups of his, one of which was with Linda Cardellini. Really? Uh, but he said the nude thing isn't her and that she was a great girlfriend. But. Yeah, they were together. They were on Freaks and Geeks together, of mm. course. And after Freaks and Geeks, Jason Siegel, like due to his height and, and and things like that, struggled to get work. Yeah. And Judd Apatow told him, "If you want to get work, you have to write it yourself." Mm. And so that's and he, so he went and wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And good on, and, and it's and it's cool. I, he was already in uh, How I Met Your Mother for a few years uh, at this point, but it is really interesting watching, like one of these one of these roles where it's like this is what made you a star and it's and it's true for both him and russell brand was this russell brand's first big film yeah well this, this is kind of like because he was a radio host in, in the uk but this is what you know propelled him to stardom and because you know for for a few years there like everyone was talking about russell brand everyone wanted him in their film oh yeah and yeah no russell brand it's, feels it's, it's like it's like because of this it's like yeah right it feels like russell brand like died <laughs> like he dropped out of the spotlight i think intentionally but to say like he was in everything and now you now he's not in anything and it feels like he's like a heath ledger type who, who just died <laughs> <laughs> well but he, he's now does all his really political kind of um mm. podcasts and and all those 
Yeah. It's like, well, because he got married and divorced from Katy Perry, which, my God, if you haven't seen the Katy Perry documentary, it's so good. It's so much better than <laughs> really? has any right to be wow. because Russell Brand divorces her midway through. Oh, my and God. And so what you would expect to just be, you know, oh, oh, this is Katy Perry's on tour. Look how hard she works. It actually becomes this really, really interesting get documentary and it's like you can, you can imagine that the document the the documentals you know getting getting halfway through this tour and be like all right this is another gig and then she gets a phone call you, you, you the phone call is filmed of like russell brand essentially saying like i think that we shouldn't be together anymore and she's taking this phone call and you know you'd be like there, there behind the camera being like fuck yes <laughs> and it, 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 this it must becomes be how those, so those French documentarians felt when they caught the first plane hitting the tower in 9-11 <laughs> they're like this is my 9-11 <laughs> but yeah like it like genuinely don't write it off just because it's it came out the same time as the, the Justin Bieber one and and uh, there's like a One Direction one as well like this one actually has a really interesting narrative because right. of the the time the, the moment in her life they happen to capture mm. um, but uh, yeah yeah, no, you go. I I just want to keep talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's such it's, it was such a a influential movie for me, um, and it Same. does it does so many things right. It, it's it's a movie that I think there are there are a lot of movies like it that I hate, and it's because this one did everything right. Um, and like mm. including talking about what we we're talking about before with like the the him cheating on her scene there's and um and sort of like like it it'd be so easy for this movie to be about this evil bitch you know who <laughs> who cheated yeah, on and him douchebag new boyfriend yeah yeah and but like I like Elder Snow I think Elder Snow is a mm. a really interesting character and I I love the last time that Peter and Elder see each other um is when he's waiting <laughs> to 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 leave the hotel and Peter like walks in and like waves at him and whistles and he's like <laughs> i i love that entrance I, I fucking i love that entrance i think about it all the time yeah it's such a choice um hopefully that'll mask over my piss poor whistle i just did because i can't <laughs> whistle very well yeah and 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 he's like he's like when he's talking to him and he's he's like how you lasted five years with it i got no idea i got no idea she's, she's like i don't want to say hitler but goebbels like a little hitler <laughs> and watching yeah. it this time was the first time i'd watched it knowing who goebbels is <laughs> yeah like, and like not just being joke. like oh i guess it would be difficult to go on a holiday with a couple of gerbils <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it meant um this is real funny actually. I thought it meant like sure. Like it's like a term for like um I don't want to say it was Hitler, but sure, it was like a little Hitler. You know? Right, but, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um and so I, I love I love that scene. I love the kind of bonding, the the resistant bonding both characters do in the film. Mm. Um I guess we'll talk more about um Elder Snow and maybe in the Get into the Greek um section yeah. of of the episode because there's a lot to to dig into there um but one thing but, i yeah. so, sorry but one thing that um i really like in forgetting sarah marshall is the um the relationship that peter has with bill hader's character his, his stepbrother um yeah, what's the character's name step stranger <laughs> i can't remember the character's name but um uh, yeah what is his name let's have a look 
Brian. Brian. And um, his wife, who, like, he married out of middle school. And so it's like this polar opposite kind of example of a relationship. Yeah. And I, th- it, like, th- there's just so many fucking characters in this movie that it's like, there is a character played by Bill Hader named Brian. And Brian is never on screen with, like, elder snow you know like yeah. these characters like everything sort of orbits around peter as a character um you know and but but it's yeah. like it's so interesting that there's these fully developed characters independent of each other it's not something you you necessarily see and and stuff like this a lot um yeah because so, yeah. we, we haven't mentioned but like jonah hills in this yeah is yeah. a waiter who's obsessed with aldous mm. and we'll get to jonah hill in a moment mm-hmm. but uh yeah you've also got paul rudd jack mcbriar uh billy baldwin mm-hmm. uh Kristen wig appears as a yoga instructor in the unrated yeah. version which i've seen multiple times i forgot that scene wasn't in the netflix version because yeah. i've only seen the unrated version <laughs> uh and also um and of course this film famously ends although not like it doesn't famously end because it's a it's a weird thing to say about this movie but it ends with like a a prison rape joke and then a crash zoom on jason bateman's face which like if that was a pub quiz question which like which film ends like this this is not what i would guess it's it's a real shame kind like because it's not a very funny joke it's it's like sarah marshall's on a new crime show and it's the it's the trailer she talks to animals yeah and someone says the criminal they've just arrested says bitch and jason Bates yeah he's like, like you're going yeah you, where you're going you'll be a bitch too or whatever and that's it's exactly like, what Ugh. you'll be that's exactly yeah. what you'll be it's so gross and it's such a uh, for, for, for a movie that's actually i don't want to necessarily say it's progressive because i think you could there, there is an argument that there's still a lot of like sort of inerrant misogyny and the storytelling maybe just just with what it's about that you're always going to run into that problem but Mm. it is progressive in the sense that it gives it gives every character its dues um and i think the thing as well you you could argue though that it's like you know the 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 show is supposed to look really bad because Mm. and i do and i do want to mention this as well but like yeah that you know it's it's saying the writers of the show are bad for stooping to that level but it's like you still have put it in the movie so yeah Um, yeah. but yeah i do think that it's weird how it ends with like oh sarah marshall got another gig on a shitty looking show but because because the show she's on gets cancelled like midway through the movie and and she has to deal with that and I, I've well, you I've see the thought, phone call like, and you see her heart drop and you know the director was just going like fuck yeah <laughs> it's not the same as the yeah. Katy Perry documentary oh, apparently sh- um they shot that scene the day after she got the phone call that Veronica Mars had been cancelled oh wow but they uh yeah they uh, it's uh what was I saying fuck where were we going sorry with this? man uh, um yeah no like I've always thought it was weird that. And like it feels like mean spirited to Sarah Marshall that it's like, oh, don't worry, the dumb bitch still ended up on a shitty show, mm. and it's like to 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 just give this like final punchline, and then it's it's kind of done again and get into the Greek. But I guess I like now watching it again, I kind of see it as like the the, the conversation she has with Peter after her show gets cancelled, and she talks about not wanting to do nude scenes and wanting to break into film, and he uh yeah and and he kind of you know wades through the bullshit and she sees that she's scared and so it's actually like you can kind of read it as like good for her that she's staying in the public eye and like 
has a has a show maybe again. maybe but i, then, I but always the felt that, like it was written by yeah. two different people and one person yeah. was was more into the revenge porn aspect and one person yeah, was like, no, yeah these are like, real characters too revenge-y. yeah yeah but i mean yeah i guess if you if you just look at it but then the fact that we see her on another show and get into the greek although get into the greek's timeline's a little iffy that you know it means that that show didn't last yeah, long yeah yeah um before we move on i'd love to uh, talk about um this is one of those movies where um i quote it all the fucking time i I, i'm always quoting i'm quoting lines that aren't famous from this quoting it right now (laughs) like like every now and then you'll see a reddit thread that's like what's a not famous line from a movie that you and your friends quote all the time and this is such an example this is this is quotes in it that i didn't realize were from this as well um one of my favorite jokes in it um and i'm watch the movie because the whole the whole reason the joke's funny is the delivery and now i'm going to try and do a a fourth-rate version of that delivery which is when peter is um telling brian about how everything in his apartment reminds him of sarah and he picks up the cereal (laughs) box the like plastic cereal container and is like see well i'd leave my cereal out and it always gets stale so she got me the cereal box so that my cereal would always always stay fresh and now i have the freshest cereal and like (laughs) i remember the first time watching it being like what a fucking delivery what a dream comedy delivery now i have the freshest cereal is there's so much like dumped on that one line there's so much emotion (laughs) in that one line where like because what he's really saying is like my life will not be the same without her but Mm. the line is about cereal (laughs) um so i I really like that what are some of your favorite lines or jokes uh now the freshest cereal was always one of mine as well Mm -hmm. um I I used to always love the I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. Um, and then when she says, "Peter, what are you doing here?" and he goes, "I came here to murder you," <laughs> and it's such like a a perfect yeah, like that that would have seemed like such a good idea just before he said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, to just I make would a say joke that, out of it. Richard. I would yeah. say that because my brain would be like, address what it looks like so it's clear it's not this. <laughs> you know that's what it'd be like um and i yeah i love um i love um you sound like you're from london (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i am mate yeah (laughs) Uh, and i also love the um when he says like the i'm not crying you're crying he's like i'm not crying i'm not a baby he's like oh really because you look like a giant baby i'm sorry i didn't mean that at all (laughs) he just runs it together and that was like another quotable thing um (laughs) he gave like this this line is just uh, this movie is just filled with lines like that he gave up a blowjob mid blowjob (laughs) i love that line it's such a like it's such a uniquely male thing he's like gandhi but he likes it but better he likes puppets (laughs) um anyway i don't know if if quoting this movie is is the best way to to deliver this content to people but there you go uh uh just between the two movies oh what do you think this is on rotten tomatoes Uh, i did see it um when i was looking it up the other day to find cast members or something rather in it 83 that's right (laughs) and so just some randomly placed useless statistics for the middle of this episode uh this is our second franchise in which jason siegel sings a song from the muppets yeah (laughs) uh, after the muppets Uh, it's also our second uh jason siegel nicholas stoller 
collaboration after the Muppets. Mm. Um, and also, oh, the, the the other big thing that I fucking love from this film is his Peter, you suck song. Peter, you suck. Yeah. Peter, you suck. Peter, you don't do anything <laughs> of value. I, um, I, you should go see a psychiatrist. I don't want to. It's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> one other, one other thing I, I love that that always stuck with me, and it's something again that I quote all the time, mm. is how often Peter is asking people to stop laughing at him. Um, is it's, it's this like Peter's such a complex character, and people will be like giving him shit, and they'll and no matter what the situation is, there'll be a moment where he'll be like, "Please stop laughing, please, please don't." Like he tries to like, or he tries to kiss Mila Kunis, and she backs away, and so he tries to give mm. her a handshake, and she's like, "Handshake, really?" And the look on his face is so like, like mm. he's so in tune with his emotions that he doesn't like. He's not polite about it. He's just sort of like, "This is really awkward, and you're making this worse." And then at the end, when Mila Kunis turns up to his dressing room mm. and sees him naked and she's laughing and even though it's like the emotional closure of the film he's like can you please stop laughing it's <laughs> so genuine i love it uh, uh other other useless statistics uh this is our second franchise to mention him him nuka nuka after um mm-hmm. the extended edition of high school musical 2 <laughs> which is of course the state fish of hawaii mm-hmm. and uh this is our second mila kunis Kristen bell collaboration after bad moms oh which, my uh, god actually came before i uh, came after it obviously but yeah. i've never i've never made that connection before that they're in this, mm-hmm. this movie together interesting yeah, this also features a cameo from Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City. Oh, a second Cynthia Nixon franchise. Yeah, so it's it's they're all just coming together. If you're if you're wondering, like I don't remember Cynthia Nixon's cameo on this. The bit where he's getting drunk by himself and he pretends to be on Sex and the City and he goes, "Oh, I'm Samantha." Uh, Cynthia Nixon walks in the background. Mm. Nice. <laughs> This is a Barbie theme song to a Barbie movie Let's all sing along in our natural voices We're watching 37 fucking Barbie movies Jesus, oh God, why? So, two years later, this was followed by a somewhat sequel, somewhat uh, spin-off called Get Him to the Greek, uh, yeah, 2010, uh, again directed by Nicholas Stoller, uh, this one only has 72% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I say only, but it's still certified fresh. It's still like a positive reviews, but you know, it's down a little bit from, from forgetting Sarah Marshall. And so this is uh, carries on the character of Aldous Snow. And AJ, what is it about? So it's about, um, so Aldous Snow in some indeterminate time in the future from forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, he was he was sort of famously sober in the first one, but you see him fall off the mm. wagon. And in this, um, he's now like totally coked out all the time um he's he's just getting over the release of his like um his uh chinese democracy is that what it's called <laughs> the, <laughs> the guns and roses is that right uh yeah i, I don't know if that's um the, the there's a very good reference but i don't know if that's if it's the most apt comparison because right chinese democracy it, it took a long time to come out but it wasn't necessarily that poorly received oh, i thought it was poorly received i don't know anything i just know that that was maybe the title of that album um he, he no, really very good yeah chinese democracy like just famously took a very very right. long time to come out um and people were like oh yeah probably should just this probably would have been better like 
10 years ago because mm. like that, that's kind of the weird thing about it is it's very overproduced right um so yeah he's just released his like first big dud album called african child which is touted as being the worst thing to happen to africa since you know insert apartheid apart, yeah apartheid and, and things like that um and so he's he's like very much at in a trough of his life his the love of his life jackie q played uh both by who i did not realize till re-watching this film uh rose Byrne. <laughs> i did not know <laughs> it was right that's so like, funny because i only know i i just knew rose Byrne from this movie i know because i'd only seen get into the greek maybe once or twice and it was before yeah. rose Byrne was like a recognizable actress and so seeing her i was like this is this character's played by rose Byrne, um but anyway the main character of the film is um uh, a guy named aaron who is uh somewhat confusingly certainly worthy of a talking point um played by jonah it will hill. be a talking point don't worry jonah hill um not reprising his role from um forgetting sarah marshall what's his character's name in forgetting sarah marshall do we ever find Matt. out matt um so he's not playing the same character but he he's a he's a a he works for pinnacle magazine he's like a musician journal a music journalist maybe or like a what is why it works for like a record label yeah yeah okay um and so uh the record label run by a guy named sergio played by p diddy is like trying to figure out how to you know boost sales or 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 or, you know revolutionize um the the their fledgling label and uh aaron is like well hey it is come we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of uh infant sorrow playing at the greek theater infant sorrow being elder snow's band um and he's like what if we get uh elder snow and we get him to do a reunion concert um and and etc etc they go for it and the the sort the adventure is sort of a a road movie of aaron who's just broken up with his um girlfriend played by elizabeth moss um they're they're bro- the, it's him and getting eldest to the greek theater from london uh and it is of from course, london it is of course fraught with difficulty because eldest is an off the wagon pop star off, off the wagon rock star sorry who um <laughs> Uh, sort of the 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 way he's portrayed in this film is like everyone says yes to him and so aaron is told by sergio you've basically got to not ever deny him anything but also get him to the greek yeah yeah great uh yeah so that this is let, let's just dive straight into the jonah hill prop the the jonah hill of it all okay so Jonah Hill, yeah, doesn't reprise his character, and that, and that's one of the things that that is kind of confusing about it. Uh, so actually, there's a few elements we have to kind of talk about. Uh, you know, if we're talking about the art of a sequel, if this is what this podcast is truly about, which mm. we so often claim it is, that <laughs> and so discuss, seldom back that up. <laughs> <laughs> we have to discuss when does this film take place, and well, or when does Forgetting Sarah Marshall take place, yeah. and what what's the deal with Jonah Hill? recast because i think part of the problem is is how intrinsically tied to elder snow jonah hill's character was in forgetting sarah marshall like if it was bill hader playing a new character and get him to the greek i'd be like yeah fine like that those characters never meet in forgetting sarah marshall it's not as jarring but when you're seeing jonah hill playing against russell brand when we're like, playing two different characters who obsess over all the stuff yeah in different in very different ways yeah it is strange yeah yeah so uh, like we, so we're shot we, the, the movie starts get him to the greek starts with 
uh, Alder Snow releasing African Child. It, it goes to the the set of of the music video, and then it it, it bombs and it flashes to some time later. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was seven years, but I don't know if that's. Ah, uh, no, it is. It says he's been sober for seven years, and I think his oh, kid, yes. his kid with Jackie Q, is seven. Yeah, yeah, because because yeah, so they've just had the kid when they're on the African Child set. Is that right? I'm not and sure. And then when we get to present day, yeah, well, you know, there's some indeterminate amount of time. I think that Alder Snow's the the live at the Greek Theater is um was probably released around the time that forgetting sarah marshall is supposed to be set and then african child would have been like what he did after forgetting sarah marshall and then he you know then 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 all's falling off the wagon happened again and then we catch up to today although the movie is explicitly takes place in 2009 so it doesn't necessarily work out and yeah you're saying forgetting sarah marshall set in 1999 you're 98 even but um, i don't know like, 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 this, this is what i'm saying obviously obviously it doesn't um and you know maybe it's like a floating timeline kind of thing however this is all to say that the way i kind of approach this film i actually i actually love what this film does with the timeline and the recut and you know changing jonah hill's character and the, the example i often use is horrible bosses when i talk about like you didn't need to make a sequel to Horrible Bosses. You could have just given me a film with Jason Sudeikis, Jason Bateman, and Charlie Day playing different characters because clearly that's why the first one worked is because those characters were so great together. And so just fucking get, I don't care if they're playing the same characters or not. Just give me those those same people together. Mm. You have this character of Alder Snow who they, they clearly, they, they loved writing and, the, and Russell Brand, Brand loved playing. And they just thought, okay, well, what's the most interesting story we can tell with Alder Snow? It's like, okay, well, what if he hasn't been... Okay, yeah, what if what if he's kind of washed up? What if he... And then it's like, oh, you come up with the idea for African Child, and then you come up with the, the idea for the story of like, okay, it's an anniversary concert, so we're having him, you know, back into the spotlight. And then they go, well, you know, actually, he, he had pr- the pretty funny chemistry with Jonah Hill in the last film. Yeah, but it wouldn't really make sense if his character from Forgetting Sarah Marshall was now was somehow assigned to get him to the greek so okay fuck it let's just take jonah hill put him in a different role because the the the, we know these two actors work well together and so i i think it's a really interesting thing that it's it's essentially it's this it's i think it's the same um uh well it's it's nicholas stoller who who wrote um forgetting sarah marshall as well he wrote this one by himself he wrote um Oh no, Jason Siegel, sorry, right? Forgetting Sarah Marshall by himself. I thought um Nicholas Stoll had a, had a pass at the script as well, but it doesn't look like it. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I like the idea that, you know, they're just handing off the character of Alder Snow and just saying go nuts with it to, to Nicholas Stoller. So I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I don't agree that the chemistry of Jonah Hill and Russell Brand is so uh insurmountable that you need to cast jonah hill in this role um i was thinking about it while watching and it's like i don't know this is the the low-hanging fruit but like michael Sarah could have been great in the role that jonah hill plays christopher mintz plus could have done it if you're if you're if you're wanting to still play in the apatow toy box i not only think that jonah hill isn't your only option i don't know if jonah hill is that good in this role either i i find this Mm. era jonah hill very hard to see as like the invest in this character protagonist i think 
like yeah. super bad works because he's the crass one to Michael Sarah's sweet one, you know, and mm. you're supposed to find the character of Aaron quite sweet in this. Um, and I find that difficult with Jonah Hill. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it, like, I, I guess it, it's not so much that it's like insurmountable, but it's proven. But I don't, I don't even know if it's there. Like, I, I don't watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall and be like, God, the, the, the chemistry between Jonah Hill. Oh and, yeah, because because the whole the whole the whole dynamic is that Russell Rand, the the older Snow, is kind of ignoring him. But I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they just they got along together really well on set. Mm, and I they, think that's what they it came is. Up with this idea. Yeah, and it's like I'm fine with that because because I actually think the the dynamic between Aldous and Matt from Forgetting Sarah Marshall is maybe almost something that feels. Um, tampered with by casting jonah hill as aaron green like you are you are destroying this pure little relationship that or not really relationship but dynamic i don't know i i i'm not it doesn't ruin i actually quite like this movie so it doesn't ruin the movie for me it's just a i find it it's a very confusing thing to to just do for seemingly very little reason um and i i think there was maybe a conversation should have been had about who else could play Aaron Green because I don't think it was only Jonah Hill who could have played mm. him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, but it's something that I, I think I never thought that hard about for some reason, and, and especially right. where it came to the timeline. That it, yeah, it was until watching it this time when I'm like, yeah, actually the timeline is a little bit messed up by by all this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think for some reason in my head as well that forgetting sarah marshall and get him to the greek came out so long apart like yeah, yeah, get him yeah. to the greek is one of these movies that i remember hearing like oh apparently they're doing a spin-off and it's yeah, like oh that yeah, would never happen I remember and then that it's like well. years later it's announced and then you're like oh my god they're actually doing it and then it gets filmed and yeah. then they're like no nah, i'll believe it when i see it but the movies came out two years apart and i discovered forgetting sarah marshall like after it had been like you know it would have been late probably later in 2008 but yeah. yeah, it's cra- it's crazy well, that it's, these yeah. these movies uh and, and you know now I think about movies that came out two years ago and I'm like, fuck, was it two two years ago? Well, it's because one of these movies came out when I was year ten and the other one came out when I was year thirteen or year twelve. So like, yeah, to yeah, me, so it's those, the same. It's year eleven and year thirteen. Yeah, for me. Is so it like those, one I actually saw in the movies. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the. I think this movie has a lot of really good stuff going for it. Um, there's one really bad scene, which we might talk about later on. Um, one thing I really like about this film, I really like uh, this is, so I'd seen this and I, you know, I was talking about like lines that I'd quote from forgetting Sarah Marshall all the time. I had that mm. with get him to the Greek as well, but I think because I didn't watch it and it sort of just fell out of my life, I forgot these lines existed. And so then watching it again, I would hear lines and be like, that's hilarious. I remember saying that all the time to my friends. The one that really strikes me is when um, Aaron is coming down after taking something called a Jeffrey, which is sort of a, a cocktail of many different drugs. And he's freaking out as he's coming down in the in the limousine. And Russell Brand, Elder Snow, who's sort of, you know, hung over as well, um, says what must be an improvised line because I think he says it twice. He goes, Aaron, stop it. You're being very strange. And um, we, me and my friends just thought it was so funny to, u- he's, to he's use the word by, strange um, there. Yeah. <laughs> not, not stop it. Um, you're freaking and me out. And, and, and the character of Aldous Snow is played by, is played by David Thewlis in that one scene. That's your voice. Oh, no, no. David Thewlis <laughs> you, you is way the same voice as your David Thewlis. No way. No, this yeah, is my Russell Brand. And, and this is my David Thewlis. 
They're totally different. What are you talking about? <laughs> One's raspier. Um, I also remember. Um, uh, I don't know the words. I just play the drums and do the Africa face. That, that's the one line, line that everyone quotes. Um, yeah, but there's so many. I, I think there's a lot of funnier lines Stroke around. Stroke the that, furry wall around that scene, um, like when Jonah Hill runs into people and says, "Are you to so and so?" My mom loves your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, I I really like so the the kind of um the crescendo of this film ends. Everyone's pissed off at each other because Jonah Hill again, a similar forgetting Sir Marshall actually has slept with women on the road and to, and then found out that his girlfriend Daphne didn't actually want to break up, and so there's a sort of <laughs> Schwimmerian uh, we were on a break <laughs> kind of situation going on, and the way that um it ends up sort of being fixed is that Aldous turns up at their house after finding out that uh, after being rejected by Jackie Q and finding out that their son probably isn't actually his son um, and Aldous suggests that they all have a threesome and uh, I really love the threesome scene I think it's such a I really love in movies when we're like emotional breakthroughs or emotional stories or important emotional beats are told through something that's deeply uncomfortable um, and this is that and, and he's sort of you know clearly outperforming Aaron on Daphne and Aaron feels real weird about it so then he walks up to Aldous grabs his face and kisses him then grabs his dick and it's so <laughs> it's so good it's so I love that beat because it's like it's 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 Jonah Hill crossing the threshold you know and being like fine let's have a threesome bro it's him taking control yeah yeah, yeah. right and and then and then Aldous is like I've I've very seriously misjudged this situation <laughs> so and he leaves, and it's it's that event that allows the, the that allows Aaron and Daphne to then reconcile their relationship, and and Aaron uh, and uh, followed by another I thought was a very powerful scene where um, Aldous calls up Aaron and tells him that he's going to kill himself, and so Aaron goes to stop him, and Aldous is in a swimming pool that he's just jumped off the top of a roof into, and he goes, "I'm lonely, mate," and it's this very sweet, genuine scene, and I really like russell brand in this movie i think i think this yeah, is a uh, deeper story for elder snow that we weren't oh, given I mean, he's the ma- yeah he's, a movie yeah, that that's what happens when you they flesh yeah. out the character a lot more yeah yeah but they do it they do it well and like forgetting sarah marshall was already a deep already portrayed him as a deep character but this really um portrayed kind of the the other side of this this life of luxury like you don't really see the disadvantages of his rock star lifestyle and forgetting sarah marshall in fact it almost deliberately doesn't show you that um whereas this is sort of like you live you know you live by the sword you die by the sword kind of thing yeah it is um the the the, that scene because because i messaged you last night and i was like you could tell me russell brand's amazing in this film or terrible in this film and i would probably be able to agree with both but i think part of what it is because i also like that scene in the pool because I haven't seen this movie in a while, apparently I watched it on November 11th, 2018, according to my letterbox, but I thought I hadn't seen it for a decade. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, uh, but the the scene where he says, yeah, in, in the pool, that was the scene I was kind of looking forward to because I was like, I want to see if I can make a call about whether Russell Brand's good on this film or not. And I think it's, I spoke about this uh, when we did the MCU, that Craglin's reaction to uh yondu's death and guardians of galaxy 2 spoilers for guardians of galaxy 2 but 
um th- like his reaction to that is is kind of weird and the way he he yells it, it's like it's too good could, for the you, film well it's like no it's, it's it's you could you could interpret that as sean gunn being a bad actor or craglin being uncomfortable with his emotions mm. and i think that like that because i the, the, the that scene of the swimming pool is like him opening up but he's he's also he's so dead inside that actually like you know he's not necessarily the strongest actor but i think that that kind of really works and the the i'm lonely mate i'm really lonely is is such a good line and it's such a good delivery and it's like i'm lonely mate is like for some reason that 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 is is the fact that he calls him mate and I mean, it's just a British thing. Mm. It's just what he he does throughout the whole film. But it it makes mm. for a really a really nice line and, and delivery. Well, one of the consistencies of of Elder Snow's character is he's actually very accommodating for the the people in his life. He's actually very polite and friendly. I think um, you've just got to get past. You've just got to talk to him first. Um, but yeah. I, when you sent me that line, that that you, when you sent me that um. You didn't know if Russell Brown was good or bad in this. I thought you were talking about the line when he first meets Aaron Green, where he walks up behind him and goes, "Hello, I'm Elder Snow, the famous rock star." <laughs> it's such a like. Th- this is either a bad delivery or Nicholas Stoller was like, "No, say it like this." <laughs> like it's 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 such a like like it's it's almost feels like expositional, like you know. It's so funny. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's the the movie isn't called Mission Impossible, Tom Hanks. On Mission yeah. Impossible. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom, Tom it is called Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much about that wrong. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Imagine Tom Hanks in Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in a movie not called Mission Impossible. Oh, anyway, sorry, right. Check that out. line's actually from Sleepless in Seattle, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All righty. Yeah. Should we talk about oh, the, wacky time. the scene and this? Let's talk about the scene, yeah. the the bad scene, and then let's end on a high talking about the music for this movie. Yeah, man. Uh, to just to give people a bit of a, a content warning, um, this is one of those films that was right on the edge, right on the cusp of like the sort of uh, cultural revolution of realizing that sexual assault isn't something you should joke about. Um, so content warning: we're about to discuss a scene. Uh, that hasn't aged very well, to to put it to, for a movie in 2010 that's so shamefully recent <laughs> for a joke yeah, like this I... in it. Um, so the the scene is basically while they're out partying, um, Sergio hooks Aaron up with um a girl named Destiny, and she 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 like takes him back to a different room and proceeds to mount him and then pull out a a dildo and put it up his butt all against his will like he doesn't want it um and it's yeah and he's like screaming yeah yeah and then um to sort of hit the nail on the head when he returns back to the main room with with um elder snow he goes i think i've just been raped and it's so interesting because like we've talked about movies like revenge of the nerds where there is a a categorical example of rape in it but it's not it's not depicted in the movie as rape um Mm. 
but this is a this is a movie which if they hadn't said i've just been raped i'd be like yeah because because the the writers don't know what rape is you know but they they say it they say it they call it what it is and it's like this classic example of like well when it happens to men it can be joked about am i right fellas am i right other Mm. sexually insecure men who wrote every hollywood movie in this time period um Um, it's also just Fun fact about that scene: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that the de- the actress who plays Destiny, who tries to gag um, Jonah Hill with with the dildo, is the same actress who offered to be gagged in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I did think it was her. Yeah. I, do you, are they the same girl in your mind? Or uh, there's so many there's so many casting and incons- inconsistencies. Yeah, the, uh, uh, Carla Gallo is her name. The guy who does the um the in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, who says the hawaiian he's in he's one of the execs in getting to the greek so there's already precedent more than enough precedent that they're just reusing um actors i guess yeah i love if like the the only character they they bring over all these actors but the only characters they bring over are destiny and older snow (laughs) (laughs) um there was also uh, before we move on to the music there's one kind of funny thing and it's it's become funny in the last decade thing in this film so there's a scene the the first time that that, that's they're spending the night in london and it's the doesn't it make sense that we should stay here and have the time of your life that was like the trailer Mm. line um and so it's it's like your goal is to to keep aldous sober and and to get him to the greek and so he, uh, you know, Aldous is, is walking around and partying and drinking. There's one bit where he's making out with a girl. He's got a drink in one hand. He's making out with a girl. And Jonah Hill pushes her face away from, from Aldous's trying to, like, you know, stop distracting him. Um, and that girl is uh, Megan Markle, Duchess of Sussex. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch it. That's crazy. That is yeah. insane. That's that's very bad. <laughs> the royals aren't going to be happy about that. I mean, they're all how how much more mad could they be with her? I guess at the stage. Um, that's that's really funny. Interesting. Yeah, because she. So this must have been pre pre suits. Pre suits. Yeah. So she she essentially had like yeah her rise to fame as an actress. She's also actually speaking of horrible bosses. She's also a delivery girl on horrible bosses. Right. So yeah. Does she make so out with anyone? Which a year later. Uh, no, she doesn't. And then when, when did Suits start? I've never watched Suits. My so. parents watched it. It was one of those shows where it's like, why are you oh, watching this? Oh, they came as well. Why are you watching this, yeah. mum and dad? You wouldn't let me watch this. You'd turn this off if I was watching this on the lounge. And I just watched <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the music. Mm. The music overall for both films, I think, is, is a good way to, to, to discuss this. Um, yeah. Because there's the what this is sort of uh, we're treated to a lot more infant sorrow in this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. If you if you're a patron of ours, and or even if you listen to our Patreon sample pack from a few weeks back and heard us talk about um, uh, Walk Hard, it's this is a very similar situation where it's not really the songs aren't aren't really that funny. They're they're like some of them are comically like. In they, you know they've got like innuendo in them but i don't think any more yeah. than what real pop songs like sexy pop songs have you know like yeah. there's not much difference between something like inside of you by infant sorrow and big balls by acdc you know <laughs> yeah i mean that's an extreme example <laughs> um but yeah um 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, like it, it's they're this kind of weird thing where they're they're a little bit funny for the audience, but there's there's a reason that they'd be taken seriously within the universe because with the songs that we see are like yeah, inside of you, which is we were shown in, in forgetting Sarah Marshall, but now we kind of hear the big band ver- the the band version of that. But there's also um, African Child, obviously. But we'll, actually, we'll come back to African Child. But yeah, there's um, Bangers and Mash, which mm. is like the ballad. Know, yeah, the ballad <laughs> is like about bangers, beans, and mash, and uh, which was actually written by Jason Siegel. Huh. Um, there's um, there's a song called Little Bird, which plays over the credits, which is about like lusting after a, a potentially underaged girl. Which is great because the movie is not saying like I I, I get a kick out of like fictional um you know like movies within movies is always like something that's really enjoyable for me and learning of like the fictionalized life and times of celebrities that only exist in this movie and it and it makes sense that infant sorrow would have like a dicey hasn't aged very well song Mm. about wanting to to bang a 17 year old yeah um there's but and also the kind of the big song that um because uh aldous asks aaron what his favorite infant sorrow song is and he says it's one called the clap and then that's the one that he ends up playing on the today show and it's kind of it's a very like upbeat thing and this is what you said to me and it's what i've always thought as well is that like based on the limited kind of snapshot we have of the music of infant sorrow i can see why that would be someone's favorite and yeah it, to me it's so interesting like the, the the idea of writing the movie and being like cool now we need to put some songs in here that you can go to an artist and be like we want you to write the fan favorite song of this fictional band mm. and a, a similar thing happens in a star is born that the first song we hear in that movie is like without hearing any of his discography i know why he started the concert with this song right. and then actually it comes up here as well there's there's going up they talk about what song they should open the concert with and it's i guess i guess opening like writing a starting song but it's not even necessarily like oh i have a song that that you know builds and it'll be really good to start with but there's there's a really specific sound to opening songs at concerts it's weird but yeah. it's um yeah it's, it's such a it's such an interesting thing for me like like for me i find it so interesting that they can nail that mm. yeah well because it's um i mean i guess a lot of it is playing off your subconscious awareness of what bands that infant sorrow is based off are like yeah. um and so they're, they're probably pulling a lot from that um a guy at my high school who played Jesus and Godspell got suspended for performing inside of you on ukulele at a parents teacher meeting <laughs> and then um, so and then on the at the the leavers assembly so like the last ever assembly you have at high school um they were they were all doing this big musical number all the prefix were doing this musical number and it was right around the time that um um uh sexy and i know it had just come out <laughs> and so like they were doing that and like right as it, as it reaches the like the drop he like the the same guy like dances up through the the crowd on on the stage and then rips his pants off for the the is wiggle wiggle is that one 
I'm sexy and I'm Noah. I don't know, man. These are all the same yeah, fucking song. Yeah, and, and he wiggled his, his, his very loose package around for, for that part and then ended it with him singing Inside of You and then ran off stage <laughs> and was like, see you later, guys. <laughs> Have a good life. <laughs> uh, that was very funny. Um, that's so funny. But I love Inside of You. I've always thought that was, that's a very sweet, um, it's such a deceptive mm. song because it's like, it could easily be one of those things where it's like if you're not listening to it you would think it's a lot more heartfelt and sweet than it is um and which brings me to one thing i want to talk about as well which is one of those fun fictional world building things which is you hear a song at the start of this film uh called that goes like let's get fucked let's get fucked let's get fucked out on the town and then it goes from being you you hearing the song on like a behind the music kind of documentary thing on elder snow to and it transitions it into being the song that is playing on jonah hill's radio that's waking him up in the morning but as it cuts to it it changes from let's get fucked to let's have fun so it's the the radio edit of the song <laughs> and it's 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 such a nice little touch that it's like let's get fucked let's get fucked let's get fucked out on the town let's get fun let's have fun let's have fun out on the town and it's like yeah that's <laughs> you know there's there's cool there's a cool fictional history built there with infant mm. sorrow that I, I really appreciate and i think it would have been very fun to construct um and, and put together yeah. and and also we get that as well with jackie q who mm-hmm. has um three songs on the soundtrack super tight ring round and pound me in the buttocks <laughs> um and ring round is about anal and um, pound me in the buttocks. I'm sure you can uh, you can make a guess as to what that's about. And super tight um, is about more or less the same thing. Um, but so that's um, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny mm. that that's like her thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I do um, want to mention African Child. What do you think of African Child the song? I don't, from what I've heard of Infant Sorrow, I don't think it's necessarily any better or worse than the other music. I do think, like, lyrically, it's a little more ridiculous. Like, it, yeah. they, they go over the top lyrically so that it can be comfortably called, like, a racist piece of shit, I guess. But yeah. it doesn't sound that bad. Well, I guess, and that's the thing. I remember, I mean, I wasn't able to find it again, but I remember reading an interview in, you know, 2010 about the, with the, with the writers of the song and they were talking about the song and they kind of said like, it has to actually be like a decent song because you don't want to devote time in a movie to a song that actually sounds bad to listen to, but it also has to be believable that it ruined all Infant Sorrow's career. Mm. And so... It's like, okay, we'll make the lyrics really bad, but you still want people to be walking out of the theater humming it. Yeah. There's a little African child st- inside me, or however it goes. Trapped in me. Trapped in me. Um, there's also, uh, where the, the, it ends with him finally creating a hit, uh, which is called mm. uh, Stroke the Furry, furry Wall, which is a reference to when Aaron is on drugs and they find a furry wall yeah because because it ends with a little flash forward to like six months later he's been sober since then and he's now um yeah he's, he's essentially got his life together he's got a good relationship with the son aaron now mess, um now manages him or now produces and uh yeah he's released uh what, what's finally a hit yeah and it's how good is russell wall, brand's yeah. acting there that i can tell the difference between um drunk aldous and sober for six months aldous yeah like there's there's genuine um you know a difference in those those portrayals. Mm. But yeah, the the song. What do you think of the song Fairy Walls? Again, I don't I don't know if it's it's any better or worse than yeah <laughs> the yeah. Other ones. I always thought that about Fairy Walls is that like 
it's it's not my favorite song on the soundtrack but I, I i guess i can see why oh this is a return to form after african child but um hansen remember hansen mm-hmm. they did a cover of furry walls I remember that. <laughs> um That's and i remember awesome. posting um a um and, and they like they, they they posted it with this this article uh, with this like um yeah paragraph explaining what a big influence infant sorrow has always been on their music yeah. um which is, which is quite funny and um, I, I remember posting a thing on Facebook that was like, they're fucking legends for covering this because that's how I talked in 2010. <laughs> this is, Richard, one of the... I think this might be the only example of a franchise like this that we've ever covered. I don't think we've done another two-film franchise, which is a single film and its spin-off. I don't know if any can come mm. to mind. Like, the, we've done... Well, I can't really think it... Well, it's, yeah, it's hard to think of even just, like, that many spin-off films. Well, that, I mean, I that, guess you have, like, Air Buddies. Yeah, that, what I was going to say is we have covered franchises which have the same breed of spin-off that get them to the Greekers. Like, I would say Puss in Boots is the same thing to Shrek. Um, yeah, yeah, where it's, like, a character, but it's, like, just go nuts with it. It's a character it to... without... With, yeah, where, where it almost fucks with the timeline because of how yeah. disregarding it is... Um, yeah, so we've seen That's stuff we've seen stuff like Get Him to the Greek, but this is um one of those franchises where it's where it's like uh I would understand if someone didn't think this counted as a franchise. <laughs> yeah, and but do you know what? Like fucking my god, doing this after Barbie. Mm. What a treat. What a treat. That would be a great treat for me. Uh, that's a line that I, I always <laughs> say that. It's from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. If either, I think to having sex with either of you would be a great treat for me. I don't say that first part a lot, but I say it would be a great treat for me quite a lot. <laughs> I think this film made me realize how funny of a word treat is to say instead of other <laughs> words in its place. And re- referring to something like like sex as a treat. <laughs> mm. Uh, all right, well, let's just, uh, we've got a couple of segments to get through. I do want to talk about something we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is titles. Yeah. Um, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. And what do you think of the titles of these films? Uh, I, I, I think that they aren't the, the most amazing titles in the world. And I think that uh, getting to the Greek especially feels like there was maybe a better thing to come up with. They're very, like, I, I, I can't imagine a lot of thought went into these titles although i I think forgetting sarah marshall i think is an incredible title yeah now like i mean there are other films around the same time it could this that film could have very easily be be called something like get over her or getting over her you know um something like she's out of my league comes to mind although Mm. i kind of like that title i don't know um yeah I i don't i don't i'm not in love with any of the titles but i think that Get into the Greek. What do you think of Get into the Greek as a title? Yeah, Get into the Greek is is such an interesting. It feels like title. he couldn't think of a title until the last minute, and then he, and he'd thought of Get into the Greek, and he's like, I guess. Um, it's got mm. some fun alliteration in it. But yeah, it's like not... it, it's a fun title to say it. It sounds cool. There's. It, it looks like um, in France it was called American Trip. Um, Canada, uh, um, the French title was was a translates to seventy two hours. Um, Oh, yeah. there's also mission rockstar a few of them have, uh, looks like it's been <laughs> these called. are all worse than get him to the greek um and uh, the working title in the uh the u.s was get me to the gig uh, uh, i don't know what would do you have any ideas of what you could call this movie uh get oldest <laughs> i mean you could you name it after any of the songs do they lend themselves to being let's get fucked 
No, not really. You couldn't call it African Childhood. Going Up. Yeah, yeah. This movie could have been called Going Up. Well, it's one of those, like, yeah, I don't know. Get him to the Greek is kind of nonsensical as, like, yeah, like, like I, I don't know, because it, forgetting Sarah Marshall tells you a little bit about the film, but get him to the Greek is like, well, what does that mean? Unless, I guess, is the Greek theatre, like, is that like a ubiquitous kind of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the US. Like, I mean, it's not so much here. Like, um, where, you know, you know, if it was like, get him to Madison Square, you know, that 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 I feel is a bit more universal. Get him to AMI understand- Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun little him, local reference. Get him, to the, get him to the cake tin. <laughs> Um, I if I because if this was more explicitly a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, like if this was about Peter, Peter say Peter is in Peter Lois. Like, <laughs> 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 we were doing that all the way through our road trip, just for anyone who wants to. An it is a road trip. You you said it wasn't a road. <laughs> it wasn't trip. a road trip. I'm just calling it a road trip because that's easier to explain. Um. Uh, if 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 Peter Breda was in place of Aaron Green, like plot contrivances aside, um, mm. and it was more specifically a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, could there be a title that would work the same and be the same sort of musical sound as Forgetting Sarah Marshall, like forgetting Forget him to the Greek, forgetting <laughs> forgetting Jackie Q, or forgetting or or helping elder right. snow you know like is that the is that the name of the series maybe they could have done like a snow theme with the title right yeah snowfalls <laughs> falling snow that's bad that's bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's let's move on to continue the franchise um, I'd love to hear then, um, t- alternative titles if anyone has any ideas. From the working mm. titles, it makes me think that no one was really ever happy with any of the potential titles. Well, no, that, that's not. The working title, the, the only working title I gave you was Get, him to, get Me to the Gig, and um, the rest were all like, you know, um, yeah, sure. other languages. But, but so far, no one has come up with a good title for this movie, not even the people who made the movie. <laughs> um, okay, so continue the franchise this is a segment on our podcast where um if you you listened to our podcast last week you might know this already but we pitch uh, continuations of the franchise so this could be a movie a book or you know one of those two um (laughs) uh so what is your continuation of the franchise so um i think that i'm surprised that there haven't been more continuations of this franchise already Mm. um i i think it would be very hard at this point to to go away from elder snow as a character though and so maybe it's it's for the best um but uh i feel though richard that if uh forgetting sarah marshall is like the nexus point of this universe i think there's one character that we still need to see um find closure and that's sarah marshall um so like I think Sarah Marshall needs her get him to the Greek movie because out of that that's so funny we have the same idea <laughs> yeah I've got some other yeah. ones if you want so I, I like just just because um like forgetting Sarah Marshall for for those four leads forgetting Sarah Marshall has closure for Peter and Rachel get him to the Greek like takes care of Aldous and I feel mm. like especially with um 
these kinds of movies kind of being uh, intrinsically more feminist these days that as i said before there is kind of a darkness to forgetting sarah marshall that it feels like for as as progressive as it is with its characters have been kind of like gives into the revenge porn um so i think i would i would like even remove it from being a sitcom from sitcom from a, a spinoff sorry um remove from being a spinoff i would love to see a movie about an actress who's only been able to star in you know t- yeah. two season long tv shows in her whole career sort of finding herself and that's what i've called it i've called it finding sarah marshall and and spirit that's of great finding Glory. i um i had the exact same idea that wow. it should be about sarah marshall i guess um, it is who, the, the obvious way to go it's though. the obvious one because yeah it's, it's if we're if if you take forgetting sarah marshall as like the introduction to all these characters yeah um i had i had a title um back together mm-hmm. um or back to get her ah. um but um and just you know keeping the get theme in it and because i thought it'd be fun if it was like together or something like that where the word get is hidden in the middle of it or it's it's like colored coded different to the other yeah 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 that's a cool time um, yeah so it'd be, it'd be called back together or something like that but like to get and her would be like different colors yeah, or yeah. or something like that and i just thought of that like again it's like a kind of nonsensical title similar to get into the greek although get into the greek obviously makes sense as a title but it's back like it's just like oh yeah that just sounds cool back, whatever back together implies that it's going to be about her either getting back with peter or aldous though, yeah well yeah it but it would be. be it would be like she's it would be established like very early on in the film that like oh there's a there's a movie she can go for and it's called Back Together or something like that you know and her agent is played by Mila Kunis but it's not her reprising her role yeah and so my <laughs> uh, my other ideas I had um, were similar things of like let's do a film now um, starring Jonah Hill as Aaron Green and Russell Brand plays a different character <laughs> and so it's like each film has like one character anchored from it and then so you know you would introduce um and then paul rudd would be in it again um playing a different character and then in the fourth movie paul rudd's character stays the same <laughs> and then so we're just like everyone's chopping and changing but you keep one act of like one character from the last film do you know that's not especially dissimilar from the viewer skew universe the kevin smith viewer skew universe because mm. they have recurring actors but also recurring characters at the same time um, I remember reading on IMDb back in 2008 someone talking about doing a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall called um, Escaping Sarah Marshall, where Sarah Marshall like comes after Peter. And so that's where I sort of start- started with the idea. And I was like, that's mm. too fantastical. And I'd actually rather see a Sarah Marshall sympathetic story yeah yeah um, for sure but i am surprised that they never they never continued this in any other way especially because now it feels like it's it's too late to do it now you know 10 years later hmm. you, it kind of feels like it need to be something that you'd strike when it's hot um so yeah interesting interesting that we had similar ideas that's very funny mm. um so it's now time to rank debt franchise Alrighty. so have you got the list open i don't do you yep all right you do it okay <laughs> um so forgetting sarah marshall's uh there's an interesting one because it's, it's status as a franchise d- it doesn't get many points there but also we do both love both of these films um so it's obviously going in the top half i think yeah yeah that's interesting isn't it that like mathematically it almost feels like it could get dangerously high <laughs> but mm. but how, yeah if you're just talking about the quality of the two yeah films but but that's like, what it is how though. we agree on them it's the quality of the two films but not as them them as a franchise is actually relatively um 
irrelevant to how mm. we like should them. this be the new um the new um nymphomaniac constant where it's like they're both amazing films but they're not a franchise is it that they're not a franchise or just that the the reason because like yeah, no I, I kid i kid what's in first place at the moment toy story so that's there because it works for both ways it's both a good good individual movies mm. and a good franchise our top three at the moment are toy story the godfather and trois couleurs god Bleu. we're such film nerds um yeah. i don't know we, c- throw out some some placings for this i think this may is be- it better than the evil dead uh oh, i like it more than evil dead it's probably better as a franchise than evil we've dead. had this discussion before <laughs> haven't we have we i remember you saying i like it more than evil dead well, i just don't like evil dead that much <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, it's, it's, it, Evil Dead's days at 16 are numbered. Okay, so do we reckon that maybe this should be another constant, though? The the get constant, where it's like yeah. this this marks a very, a very specific train of thought is required for ranking this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, could we put it above Casino Royale, do you think? Um, so that's the that's the Daniel Craig. Yeah, and then, and then so I think because it's like, and then if Forgetting Sarah Marshall would rip, because you look at the ones above this, it's like Mad Max, Shrek. Oh, they guess Monsters, Inc.'s there as well. Mm. I Maybe it deserves, actually, it probably deserves to be above Monsters, Inc. Two films, neither of which I would say are better than Monsters, Inc., uh, but are better than Monsters University. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So mathematically, yeah, man, put it there. Put it, put it one above okay, cool. Monsters Inc. And then, so your Figgy Sarah Marshall Monsters Inc. are kind of like the the upper limit of where Two like film films can get, can or where where they can get based solely on the merits of the film, and then they're dragged down to that point by, um. Not not you know, really not, being not really being not really counting kind of thing. Although okay. Mo- Monsters Inc. does have a TV show coming out in July, which is essentially mm. acting as a third chapter in the story. Which also brings me to, uh, I would I would be open to a Forgetting Sarah Marshall universe TV show. You know, well, pick one of the many wonderful characters from both films as well. Actually, I, I forgot. Well, let's to- let's just get crime scene scene of the crime. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, that's the the end of the podcast. Um, although well, normally what we in. do here, well, normally what we do here is announce what we're covering in next fortnight. But we're not doing that this week, are we? AJ? Okay. So not a very somewhat uninteresting reason why we're potentially having a guest on the next episode. Um, and so usually we'd do franchise roulette and be like, this is what we're doing, but we're potentially having a guest on the next episode who wants to do a specific franchise. So we're probably going to do that, but they <laughs> fun, fun admin guys, they're yet to confirm. Um, so <laughs> we, we haven't, we, we don't know if we're going to be doing what we're planning to do next franchise yet. What I think we'll do is as soon as it's confirmed, um, I will, okay. If it's confirmed before, this episode drops in a few days. Yeah. Um, I will add a little thing in here now. And if it's still not confirmed, but is confirmed after the release of this episode, I will post on socials. Because I think I think people appreciate the charts to mm. watch along with us or whatever. So yeah. I don't want to deny people that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is... We'll find out shortly. Um, and, and yeah, so now all we've got left to do Richard is the post credit scene. 
which we can't which do. we need to record and um do you want to should we do a plug for the podcast as well oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do it you did it last uh, week I'll... you were so good at it when i you were so I good at it. When, yeah you did it on the um best of oh, yeah. the franchise episode you were so good at it dude oh, i reckon you, you should so start much. start doing the plugs now <laughs> instead Remember of when i did when I did the one that was like a riff on the Shawshank Redemption and you were infuriated that I I never do them and then I did the best one. <laughs> That's right. That's good. All right. Well, what can you do? What can you bring us for this? I was thinking of um, doing a... um. We've gotten big on TikTok recently and I was thinking of oh, doing yeah. a song with my flatmate um, who can play music of like weird, like essentially our call to action song. And I, if it if it turns out well, I might just put that at the end of each episode now instead of nice, saying nice. it every time. Well, our call to action is this: um, ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, uh, check us out. You know, we're Cop Popsure pretty much everywhere. We're on TikTok now. <laughs> check us out. We're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Cop Popsure, Letterboxed. Um, and if you want to email us, it's media at gmail.com and uh yeah check us out wherever you find your, your podcast have, wherever you're listening to this yeah you just just go find the subscribe button and hit subscribe or the like and then or you'll the be treated to lots more yeah. yeah we have two youtube channels as well one if this might be confusing because the tiktok the one that tiktok links to is a, like our video essay channel which is just called cold popsha um but the reason people are liking the tiktoks is because they're clips from the podcast which is not <laughs> going to find on the cold popsha regular channel the the podcast the youtube versions of the podcast which you might be listening to right now is of course on a channel called cold popsha 2 which very confusingly is t-o-o not the number two something when i did i was like this is fun because we're a podcast about franchises and this is a, a sequel to title trope uh not mm. realizing how hard that would be to explain to people it is it is decisions away from being changed to a different title no. um, <laughs> well, even cop popsure cop popsure again it should have been cop popsure um, again i should have made it cop popsure again <laughs> and then and then um if you go on it, it actually says cop popsure most wanted <laughs> should i actually make it cop popsure again is that a better title than cop popsure 2 let us Maybe. know on the Discord. Get on the Discord, which you'll find a link to in the show notes, and let us know what you think the title of our second channel should be. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you for listening to the episode. And here we are. It's the post credit scene. Uh, we've got a list of, of questions sent in by patrons. Uh, and so you can you can send us questions or comments or anything you want us to discuss or do in these post-credit scenes um, for $5 a month on Patreon. And you'll also get access to a bonus podcast, which is very cool. And you get to vote on every secret franchise. Mm. 
Wow, Richard, you've taken you've taken away the 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 uh, the reins completely from me. I'm just going to leave it all to you now. I love it. I lo- I'm just sitting back in my little figurative bubble bath um, and listening to you do all. The I do. Um, I would now. This this feels like I know I know I know you're listening to this, but I we've got a list of questions here. We don't currently have one from Dan Connell, who I know lives in Hawaii, who I know suggested for getting Sarah Marshall as a franchise because he lives in Hawaii. Um, and so thank you, Dan, for suggesting that. Um, and I, I would fucking love to answer one of your questions here um, to, to you know, you know, make sure make you feel included on the episode. But I can't. Instead, I just have to say this. Um, Dan's last but, question, Dan's last post credit scene question was, What's a franchise you are not looking forward to watching? So in a way, we gave him an 18-hour answer to that. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, there you go. But we, we do have a question here from James Baston, who says, Hey, 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 do you guys do any good impressions? I do a fantastic Russell Brand and a fantastic <laughs> David Thewlis. They're very distinguishable impressions. Um I don't, who's your what is the what is the crown jewel in your impression crown uh, i don't know i like i've said this before on the podcast but i used to be really good i used to really pride myself on my impressions and then i stopped doing them for a long time and then i i found myself in a situation where i was required or thought it'd be funny to do one and then realizing that it's it's a muscle you need to keep working out mm. um and then finding it so funny being bad at impressions mm. um and so now i i will quite often uh yeah just just embrace being bad at them uh, i don't i i like i i i still do a few and i think i still like am all right at some of them um one thing i love doing it's not so much a, a, a specific impression but i love singing in a country voice mm. um and i actually i was doing it all day i was driving for like eight hours today and i was and i did a lot of singing so my voice is a little bit raspy but um yeah that's 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 one i like to sing in a country voice well, are you gonna do you, it AJ? you're just gonna say you can well, do I'm... it and not i guess the question doesn't ask can you do the impression it just says mm. or like may you do the impression it says can do you do the any impressions so we don't yeah. have to actually do the impressions i guess <laughs> yeah um i is that I, funny I'm sure is that I've funny and not doing any of the impressions well, I know you're uncomfortable with singing on the podcast, so I would never push you to do that. Well, it's, I don't know. It's just it's it's I I I also like if it's funny to say we can do these impressions and then not do them. I'm quite happy to do it because it's very funny to me. Alrighty. Well, I've been. <laughs> I won't do mine then. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've done this on the podcast somewhere before. Um, my the my crown jewel impression is of course, um, Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Um, my my Hank Hill knocks people down. Like people hear me do it and they are blown away by it. Um, I can do a similarly good Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, but I don't mm. think. I think a that's not as hard of a voice to do. And B, I'm not as good at it as I am at Hank Hill. Yeah, um, but I think like like as well. Just know, if you that's, listen that's to the, the podcast one. regularly, you'll hear us do impressions quite a bit. Yeah, um, because I, I think it's just you know we're yeah. both natural storytellers and we just dip into them quite quite often. Um, I love this. I love I lo- this. I, is I, insane. <laughs> do you guys do any good impressions? And we're saying yep. <laughs> and that's um, it. I love like um we 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 can do one and that's that we we both 
um, like have impressions of each other, but they're the same voice. Our <laughs> 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 just like our making fun of each other, like being like, "Oh yeah, I do," <laughs> or like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," like. Yeah, I'm Richard and I'm going to subvert your expectations. <laughs> oh, AJ, oh, please. And not fucking do please any Please let me do my impression. They're so good. God, they're so good. I just want the chance to show you. Um, but I, I, to, to be fair, I think that is a you voice that came from like your high school or something, right? And then, yeah, and then yeah, I've yeah. now adopted that as like the thing I associate that, with taking. Do you want to know the full story of that voice? Sure. <laughs> so that voice was a voice uh, made up to make fun of a pair of oh, twins yes, yes. At, at my school. A pair of twins um, who I can, I don't think they're listening. They're all right, but they. The kind of they were kind of like your typical film nerds, um, and so we were like we were friends with them, so we weren't making fun of them, you know, in a way like behind their back or yeah. whatever. Um, and and the the characters that we would do that voice with sort of became very larger than life version of that twins, but that voice was actually created by the um now ex boyfriend of um of a friend of mine. Um, Emily, who's on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I said a friend of mine first because now I'm going to go ask her if she minds if we say that. <laughs> um, who fucking hated me. He hated me in high school. Um, and <laughs> it's a voice I stole from a person who hates me and has... And I've I've spread it to Richard multiple friend groups. <laughs> I have multiple social circles, all who do this voice when they're tr- playing like a loser. <laughs> and it's from this guy who hates me. And and I know mo- there are multiple people in my life who do this voice now. So funny. <laughs> and they all get it as well. Like you, they all jo- they use the same terminology. Like you you talk a lot about like food and 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 being my favorite my favorite sketch we'd do was um, <laughs> this is in high school with me this is so funny and i'm just gonna <laughs> this is gonna be the end of the post-credit sequence and it'd be like people think people think i'm like uptight but i just don't care about shit eh? like like i'll go to the toilet and i won't i'll, I'll take a shit right and i won't wipe my ass i don't care <laughs> <laughs> like that's his interpretation of being a badass anyway all right thanks james thanks for the question